yes, we provide a party. That's our job. But when the party's done, what do we do, right? That's the main thing. What are these individuals doing outside of their time after the party? Like, we have to be making moves, bro. Like, we, we're a business, right? We're, we're an image. We got to carry ourselves in that way. And when you start revolving yourself with people that are in the industry, that are DJs, that are making moves, and you hear the goals that they have, they tell you seriously, like, bro, I don't want to DJ the rest of my life. This is Sad Boy Radio. And we got a special guest today. He's a producer, B5 resident DJ, and a member of Los Desvelados. Straight from the island. Go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. Yo, dímelo mi gente, ya tú sabes quién es Light. Estamos rompiendo los rompediscotecos, los cuervos, baby. Dímelo. He said a lot of stuff there that we're going to caption it saying speaking non-English. <laughs> Shout out to Bad Bunny and the Grammys. <laughs> Man, but real quick, go ahead and talk about, you know, working with V5 and getting involved with them. That's a very big thing, especially coming from, you know, the island. It all started during the pandemic. I remember that I was networking, going out, seeing Goldo. DJ Gollo, shout out to Gollo, and Uzi, and they were spinning at Tunnel. And at this time, they the the capacity at the clubs were really limited, um, but I was able to get through there because you know I knew Gordo put me on the list, and then through there, that's how I met Sway. Where I peeped Sway, he was you know he was always there, and I approached him one day and I was like, "Hey, esto, calagayay, you know what's up." Can't really remember the words that I said, but it was really, you know, straightforward. It was like, man, you know, hey, I, you know, I, I would like to spin with you guys. He was like, word. He was like, I'm going to hit you up next week. Took down my number. Boom. The rest was history. Uh, they started putting me on the schedule. Uh, but, you know, the reason why I wanted to work with V5 is because if we're going to talk about Latin parties, reggaeton, you cannot have, you, you have to mention V5. You know, they're controlling the city. Like, everywhere you go is, is a popping party. And I'm fortunate enough to be part of that of that crew, of that group. And I like the vision that they have, you know, even with, with the ladies, with the Sorry Papi tour. Like, come on, that's, that's really, really, really dope. And, you know, teaming up with Sueños, you know, this is the second year they're going to do it. So just being part of that that crew is really is a blessing, to be honest. They're building something huge over there, you know, aside from just the company itself, but being able to put on for the Latinos in Chicago and build that festival that nobody has seen. And they have, uh, you know, this year that I was really, really happy to see Yonchimi, one of the los que you know, he's killing right now. He's been killing the past years. You know, just something really Latin trap to see that on the lineup is wonderful. You know what I mean? Because like I pidiendo, the streets are asking for it too. And if you know, you know, you know what I mean? That it's going to be a beautiful and dope show. And they got Pau Pau de Puerto Rico. You know, the, the, the women are killing it, especially from the island. You know what I mean? You got Yomiko, Pau Pau, Reynao. Like these, these ladies are really taking control of the industry and it's really good to see out in puerto rico there's a lot of artists who are popping who are popping 
low-key in the streets, high-key in the streets out there, but nobody has heard of them yet out here. Bro, to be honest, Yonchimi, people are getting that wave right now, and I love it. Ankal, which he's another one, you know, that Akaye, you know, really, 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 like, street, and it's just that beautiful, dope sound. Lil Jojo, Omar Corte. Like, there's so many artists, you know, Alvarito Dia, that I don't feel like people give him a lot of recognition, but if we're really going to be honest... When it comes down to, like, the Latin trap, but, like, I'm talking about, like, that hype beast type of stuff, you know what I mean? Like, talking about, like, fashion and J's and, you know, like, just really, really expensive stuff. Like, Alvarito Diaz is on that list, man. Like, uh, he writes a lot, too, for other artists. He wrote, you know, for Rao, Vice Versa, on that album. And he works a lot with Fade, which is really dope to see Fade coming up now, too, because like, I've been following him for years before he started popping, but... Uh, you know, it's really good to see that people are riding that wave right now. Lo mismo con Conejo, like, if we're going to be honest, you know, Bad Bunny, like, bro, I got on my phone. I remember I had him on Snapchat, which is crazy. Dude, this is, I'm talking about, this is like 2016, and I was on SoundCloud. I was just, you know, scrolling through to see what new music is out there. And during this time, it was Rao Alejandro, Toliano, Alvarito Dia. So Rao wasn't really doing reggaeton at all. He was just doing R&B. English R&B? No, no, Spanish. Oh. So it was like, you know, it was like that moment of that trap stuff, but it was like, because in Puerto Rico, you know, trap over here in the States is like, you know, street shit. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. It's like that, like, ah, yeah, street. Esto. Pero in Puerto Rico, they, they flipped it. You know, it was like more like, you know, for the ladies. You know what I mean? Hablando explicito, talking really explicit. Um, so Rao was on there, Liano was on that, and then that's how I came across Bad Bunny with Conejo. And the first song that I came across was Dile, the original. And I was like, man, this song is fire, bro. Like, I just, the way I heard it, the melody, the vocal, and I'm never going to forget the, the thing that stood out to me the most was his engineer's tag, La Paciencia. And to this day, La Paciencia, you know, he works with him. He's part of his team. Um, so I clicked on his profile, and then I listened to a couple songs. He only had, like, four songs before that. And they were all, like, rapping, like, rapping, like, you know, like some little boom-bap type of stuff. I'm not kidding you. So I took the Dile song, I downloaded it, and I started playing it at this bar that... It was right by Blue Lights till this day. So that's called uh, Underbar. Now, I don't even know how the heck I got his Snapchat. But the thing is, I had his Snapchat. But remember, Bad Bunny, he wasn't big yet. Like, he was just fresh. And I remember this one snap, bro. Crazy. And he's recording and he was like, wow. And I'm translating. He was like, wow, man. These girls, like, he was just walking, like, they're listening to my song. And, bro, like, that was crazy. Like, yo sabía que el tipo iba a ser una estrella. I knew he was going to be a star. Um, but I didn't know he was going to be a star to this magnitude. Because he's, like, almost number one, bro. He's like, the biggest artist in exactly. the world. He's, a, he's yeah, like, on top of Drake right now. Crazy. I, I sent him a snap that I was playing daily in, at Underbar. And, he, you know, he sent me un emoji de fuego. A fire emoji, but I never like responded back. But you know, I was like, I was like, damn man, like I should have just like you know like started a conversation or something. But you know, like things happen. 
But it's just beautiful to see, you know, los latinos, los boricuas, estamos encima, estamos, and we're, we're killing it, estamos rompiendo, you know what I mean? And for you to be a part of that culture, you're putting on for the Puerto Ricans out here. <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest things that stands out about you. One, people don't fucking know if you speak English, right? <laughs> we were just talking about that shit. I swear to you, I've asked like 10 people. I'm like, does Light speak English? They're like, bro, honestly, I don't know. I, I don't think he does. That's why it took so long to get this interview, right? Because we've been talking for a minute. But even the DMs, bro, even in the DMs, I swear, you're you're fucking speaking in Spanish. So I'm over here trying to use Google Translate sometimes. I'm like, fuck. Putting on for the culture. Yeah. That's one thing, mm -hmm. and representing the way you do, wearing mm -hmm. all this Puerto Rican merch mm -hmm. right now. This is my thing, right? This is my, the way I see. I hope people that are into the night knife scene in the industry, DJs, they could do the same. Um, because if, you re if you're really throwing a Latin party, I hope you're not just playing these songs because they're hot. I hope you're giving the crowd an experience um, and be like, yo, what, what is this? What is this song? I want them to Shazam it. Or I want them to do their history. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Like when we listen to our favorite artists, Drake, Bad Bunny, Arcangel, they throw bars and you be like, what did they mean by this? Me being, you know, like a lover of music, I'm going to go to Genius. I'm going to be like, okay, this is what he said. And I'm going to, you know, try to do my own research and my homework on it. And that's what I hope that other veterans in the industry do the same, you know what I mean? Give people, obviously, what they want because you got to provide a party, but also give people a learning experience and putting on for the culture. Um, it doesn't really have to be Puerto Rico como tal. I do it because yo soy de Puerto Rico y el reggaeton es de Puerto Rico. There's different sounds of reggaeton too, though, you know what I mean? Colombia, you know what I mean? Argentina ahora, we have Chile. Still tiene la base, though. La base que es reggaeton, boom. But they gave it a different sound. You know what I mean? But yo pongo para la cortuna, put on for the culture, man. You like you said, I wear my merch, you know, Maldito Hedo, which is a designer from the Nueva York, which is hometown de Seattle. He did uh when Bad Bunny did the concert in New York, he did the New York fitted patches with the Bad Bunny, un verano sin ti, like exclusive for his whole team. Um and I just support, you know, like designers like that. You know what I mean? Caps and Girls, like she just dropped a dope hat uh, with Puerto Rico, you know, the World Baseball Classic, black and gold. You know what I mean? For me, just putting on for my people and putting on for, you know, you know, designers to get some Puerto Rican, you know what I mean? And people, I want people to see that, you know what I mean? The, the way I move, the way I talk, the way I dress, I want you to be like, then this is what it is. This is, not, this is no facade. This is the way it is. You know, when you go to Puerto Rico, you see people with that drip just because that's the way we are. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way we carry ourselves. But why is it so important to put on for the culture for you, right? Because you're listing all these things and it's just infectious from you. So understanding the reasoning behind it, just like you said with the music, if I hear a bar, I'm going to go research that shit. So really understanding why you are this way. I feel like even going back to salsa, it's something that is just in us, to be honest. It's just like something that is so contagious. I just want to be fresh and just like you want to be, you know, you just want to have that sauce, you know what I mean? You want to show up when you dance in salsa, you want to put on the moves, you know what I mean? Like it's something in the culture. El sazón, you could say, right? El sazón borigua. But 
for me, it's just so important because I just want people to understand, like, this is this is who we are, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, people see me with gold, but, you know, I, if you go back and you look at the salsa, all these guys had gold. It's just part of the culture, you know what I mean? It's just, I, I, I love it, you know what I mean? I, my dad, I see my dad, I see my brothers. It's something that I would just pass down that I seen growing up in the household. Um, you know, fly shoes, clothing. My mom always dressed really elegant till this day. It's something that we see and you just catch on to it, you know what I mean? And just me putting it on for the culture when I go out, it's just like, you know, reggaeton, this is what it is, though, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I always tell people, like, if you want to experience reggaeton, like, you really have to go, go to Colombia, see how they're doing it, right? Go to, like, a local club. Go to Puerto Rico. Go to a local club. And you'll see the energy. You'll see the emotion that is, that is, that, that, that is triggered through certain songs that are played. And I want to trigger that same emotion when my sets and people hear a throwback or they hear a song just the way, the certain way that I mix it, they'll be like, damn, like Diablo, Teddy Boy, yo, he's good. So let's take it back real quick, right? Let's take it back to V5, being able to work with them. How has your business mindset changed? I want to expand, right? Expand to different markets. Um, Cause even when I was a shorty, to be honest, I knew I was gonna be something big, um, either baseball or I was gonna be in the music. Um, it could be being an engineer, even writing, um, being an artist. But I knew I was gonna be somebody big, and just teaming up with V Five and seeing the vision that they got, I love it. Reason why I love it because I love surrounding my people with that have the same mindset, people that are successful. Um, perfect example, shout out to my homie, to my big bro, Metro, DJ Metro. Um, I just, it's so contagious, bro. Like when you start chilling with people that have a bigger mindset of a party, because yes, we provide a party. That's our job. But when the party's done, what do we do? Right? That's the main thing. What are these individuals doing outside of their time after the party? Like we have to be making moves, bro. Like we, we're a business, right? We're we're an image. We gotta carry ourselves in that way. And when you start revolving yourself with people that are in the industry, that are DJs, that are making moves, and you hear the goals that they have, they they tell you seriously, like, bro. I don't want to DJ the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm not gonna be doing this. Like there's other forms of revenue that you have to tap in and then you got to prepare yourself to be successful. You know what I mean? So teaming up with V5 and surrounding myself with other, you know, veterans like Metro, it gives me that, you know, aspiration like, yeah, you know what I mean? This We got to expand. We got to grow. And that's something great that you bring up, being able to look elsewhere for these streams of revenue. That's something that I've really taken a focus on recently, especially with throwing my first event because... Even with that, right? Say you sell it out, you make a couple grand. But in the long run, in the grand scheme of things, a couple grand still isn't anything to what you want to accomplish. You want to be able to live off of this. You, a great quote that I heard recently, I think it might have been from MDoc Lowkey when he did his other interview. You have to work with the mindset that you're feeding a whole family. When you're working with the mindset that you're feeding yourself, 
you're just going to keep on working and working and working because you're making enough for you, but now you're spending it all. When you're working with the mindset that you got to feed a whole family and it's just one person, now you're eating in excess. Now you have extra money to put away, stash away, and keep on building that empire. Exactly. For you, what's the most significant piece of knowledge that you've gained while working with V5? It was recent that I was with. Shout out to Steve, Woody, and all of them. Uh, we were in the blue room, and he was like, yo, I want you to be big. I want you to be big. And he was like, if you don't feel nervous, you ain't doing it right. You got to feel nervous. And that's true, you know, when you approach, and it could be anything, bro, like, to be honest. When I go to work every, you know, every day, I get a little nervous because I don't know what I'm going to expect that day, you know, with the kids that I work with. I don't know what I'm expecting, what mood they're coming in. They had a rough morning with their parents. You know, it's normal to feel nervous. And when he said that, I was like, man, that's true, man. I got to approach this, everything I do, you know, like, just have that sense of, like, yo, this is the first time. You know what I mean? Because sometimes we get caught up in this whole, like, yeah, I got this, I got this. But you got to really take your time because we're providing an experience. We're providing a listening experience, and you want to make sure that every time you go out there, you feel nervous. Like you're giving it 100%. Always give it 100, man, 110. Because you never know, bro. That might be the last set that people hear from me. You know, God forbid something happens. I want to make sure that's a memorable experience for every listener. And making sure I get on the mic, that's another. That's the, the main point. You know, mic work is really important. And you want to engage with the crowd. And as I, you know, I started using the mic more, like, people love that. Like, you're just creating an experience, and it's a more personal one. You'd be like, yo, shout out to Fulano Letal. It's your birthday. I see you. You know what I mean? Like, and people are like, oh, damn, like, he sees or he recognizes, you know, he, I'm, he sees that I'm here. So it's like pay, paying attention to the marquees when they're going out with the bottles. This is really important because, first of all, these people are paying money. And obviously, you know, you want to you want, you want, want to feel special. It's, it's your birthday, man. Like, yo, shout out to my boy with ICO. Shout out. Yo, it's really important to make sure you give people this experience. And it's like your first time that you're going hard. So it's like taking this and always giving it your all. Another thing you do to add to that experience, any picture, right? You're throwing off the X. I hope people understand, though, like as my career keeps growing bigger, there's certain things that you're going to see back and you'll be like, yo, why is he doing this? Or this is why he did this. So I just take it back to uh, Hector El Fader, one of my favorite reggaetoneros from all time. Uh, so they had Los Rompe Discoteca, which was a crew out in Puerto Rico. So they, you know, they always had Los Rompe Discoteca. But I switched that, gave it my own, you know, just with the Crows. Because uh, that's that, that's my crew, Crow Force, which people, they don't know a lot about it. But, you know, through time, they will understand what Crow Force really means. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, the signs. Switched it up to Crow Force and just putting it on for, you know, la cultura, reggaeton, you know what I mean? So talk about Crow Force a little bit, right? You're always talking about Los Cuervos. Yeah, Los Cuervos, the Crows. Uh, man, to be honest, man, Crow's, Crow Force is, is a vision that I have um, that we're developing. Um, and it's me and my cousin, shout out to Chris, Ugly Harvey. We have music that we haven't released in almost like five years, bro, five to six years, records. 
Um, just the reason being, though, I know people say, like, oh, just release it, release it. But for me, everything that I do is with an execution, right? Like, it has to be precise, bro. Like, I'm not going to drop a song. Like, for me, the reason why we haven't dropped our EP is because I want our EP to be a comic book, which is crazy that we say that because Metro Boomin just dropped Heroes and Villains, right? And it's almost like that comic book feel. But we had this going back to 2016, 17. We were talking about, like, yo, when we drop our EP, we wanted to be drop a comic book with it, Crow Force. And you know what I mean? It's going to be exclusive, limited, um, which we're still going to do it. We're going to drop it. But each song that we have in that EP, I wanted to come out with a video. Hopefully in the couple, in two years, we'll be able to drop that because I just want to come out strong, you know what I mean? Because everything comes down to consistency. If you drop a song, you have to drop music consistently. If not, you're going to be irrelevant. But the main question is, like, how much music do you have to drop, right? Um, because I just, at the same time, we're in this era where people don't really value the music. Like, they don't really sit down. It's like very, it's like, very few people actually sit down and they listen to a song and be like, damn, like, I want to keep listening to this. Or what's the next one? Keep it coming. Like, bro, just like chill, process this song, cherish this song, grow with this song, and I'm going to drop another song next month. And it's just like having those good fans, right? Those good fans. And, um, bro, pr primary example. I don't know if a lot of people know, but this is an artist called Ali Sastre, bro, from New York. If you guys haven't checked them out, please do. Um, shout out to Cooley. Cooley knows who I'm talking about. Like, bro, it's like that real dope, dark R&B uh, New York vibes, bro. And the dude drops music like once every year in terms of like an album. He'll drop a single here and there. But the dude drops music, but it's like people are so, an they're, they're anticipating for this music and they're waiting and it just keeps them on their, you know, on their toes, bro. Like, and that's the type of fan base that I that that I would like for Crow Force to have. Um, and his music is great, bro. Like, it's really good. Um, Amir uh, Ob Two is another artist from New York that drops music really subtly, but there's a reason why he drops the songs that he does, and at the time he does it. It's being meticulous with it, right? <laughs> it's. It's being able to plan when you're going to drop it, the significance it's going to have in people's lives, and even what you're going through at that time. That's why I, I always say this every fucking episode, but I love to mention the fact of what are you going through right now? Because if you, I'm able to get inside your mind and understand where you're at mentally, we're going to be able to have a better conversation. For me, a lot of the times I used to just talk about everything I was going through. And the person that was sitting across from me, they would just kind of bounce off of it, right? As time went on, I learned, all right, I don't got that much shit to talk about anymore. I got everything off my chest. Let me understand other people. Let me know what they're going through. Because with that, you could, you could relate it to anybody. The fact that you're so focused on maintaining these relationships with your family finding a healthy balance for yourself, that's important for everybody. The hard part is not everybody is able to realize that they need to make that change in their life. When you asked me that question, you know, I had to step back real quick and really reflect on that because, it's, man, 
for me, health is really important. And I always say it because without health, I won't be able to do what I'm doing. Just to be honest, I won't be able to perform my job to where I want to perform, right? Always, I want to give my 100%. And just being able to work out, you know, and doing what I got to do. You know, I do CrossFit at least four to five times a week. Um, just for me, it means a lot. And it's not only me, though. It's my wife and my daughter. I take my daughter with me. And she does her workout as well. Um, it's just really important. It's just creating that culture, that sense of culture in the household. Like, yo, health is important, and we got to eat healthy. Um, and, you know, people, you could put what eating healthy is. But for us, it's, you know, just making sure that we eat what we got to eat and we do what we got to do. And we carry ourselves though in, in the proper way, you know, being kind. You know, and just this it's really important, bro. Like and just being tapped in with, with the higher power, to be honest with me, that's really important, you know, having God present. Not having God number one. Cause then if God is number one, then that means he has to compete with what's number two. Nah, God gotta be all in all. Uh and all Everything that I've been able to accomplish, you know, I just give thanks to God that I'm able to be in the position that I'm in right now. And I'm able to to be here with you and talk about my life and talk about what I do behind the scenes. Because people don't really know what I really do. Um, you know, I'm, I, I move pretty quietly, to be honest. Uh, I'm really, you know, to myself. I keep a lot of things to myself. Uh, you know, I do what I got to do. I'm not out partying like that. You know, I'll stay, have a drink here and there. Um, but people be like, yo, bro, why you leaving so quick? Well, it's just, I got things to do, though. You know what I mean? Like, to be honest, you know, I got to wake up early. I got to make sure I take my daughter to school. I got to go to work. Um, I got I got responsibilities, you know what I mean? Uh, and it's really important that people understand that there's responsibilities that we have to take care of. And it's really important because, like I said, you know, it's like that whole thing with MDOT. You know, like, you got to have that mindset that you're feeding a whole family. And you got to understand that, you can't be, you know, a narcissist. It's just not about you. I want to touch on that religious part, right? That's something that a lot of people stray away from. Those conversations are hard, right? They say the three things not to talk about. I'm going to fuck it up because I don't remember the third. But it's politics, religion, and what the fuck's the other one? Money? Race? Race. Yeah. Those are the three things that you're not supposed to talk about. But we're going to talk about one of them right now. For you, you know, even on your website, you have the quote up there. Everything is possible in him who has strengthened me. Yeah. Everybody has, you know, their little Bible verse in their bio. But you chose one that not a lot of people are posting. You put the whole thing up there. You didn't just put the Bible verse number and left it as that. So from there, I could tell he takes his religion seriously. He carries it with him every single day. The cross isn't for show. How has religion been an all-encompassing thing for you growing up and even to this day? I feel for me it's really different. <laughs> I'm going to keep it 100. Um, just because my parents grew up, and like, especially my mom. My mom, she's she's really spiritual, man. Like, And I love her. Shout out to mommy. Te amo mucho, mommy. She's always praying, bro. To be honest, that I love that lady so much. Uh, my dad, though, he uh, he did grow up in the church, but you know he was wild in his times, and through a lot of prayer 
from both ends of the family. He was able to, you know, to convert and give his life up to, to God. And now he's a deacon in the Catholic Church. He studied. He got his master's in theology. Actually, he studied both, uh, you know, at Moody College as well. Uh, so, like, just having my mom and my dad and they're involved in the church gives me a different perspective, you could say, when it comes down to uh, religion. Because, uh, you know, I, I identify as Catholic, Christian. But any questions that I have, I could pitch it to my dad. I'd be like, yo, what you think about this? Or what does this mean? Or, man, I really don't agree with this. And we'll have a conversation about it. And we're able to grow. So I grew up in the church as a shorty, to be honest. Like, my whole life I've been involved in the church. Uh, when I got to high school, I kind of, like, you know, didn't really give it my all. But then my senior year, I got, you know, I got, like, it was calling me again. It was calling me. And I started teaching Sunday school, got involved with the youth. For me, it was really more about the youth because I was like, you know, people see me a certain way and like, but what's wrong with this? You know what I mean? Like my dad is cool with it, but why are other people in the church? They're like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? So that's what fed me. That where it fed, like it fed that, that hunger in me to want to be like, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm a, like, I love this though. Like, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to carry myself. And then when I started working with the youth, you know, I didn't tell them, like, yo, you can't do this, this, and that. But the way I would move, I hope they seen the way I was moving. This is the way we should be doing things. Um, doesn't matter how you dress. Doesn't matter what it is. Be you. But, you know, be righteous, though. Carry yourself with integrity and move the right way. Establishing your identity. You wanted to prove people wrong from the perception they had of you just based on basically reading an reading a book, right? Judging a book on its cover. I had a conversation, actually, an old interview. In the interview, we're talking about how people are so quick to judge you. And sometimes it's easy to feed into that. It's easy to say, like, man, I'm just going to be this person because that's what people think of me. And then there's the other part of you that says, okay, let me prove them wrong because I'm not that person. What was it that was calling you, though? I don't know if people are going to understand, but it was just, I felt like there was something missing in me. Um, that peace, that tranquility that only he could give us. Um, you know, people, you know, people are going to make comments, this and that, this and this, but there's always something that we have to, but there's something that everyone believes in. You know, you can't say that I don't believe in nothing. Like, you believe in something. Um, bro, and I believe in God, man. Like, that's what it is, man. You know what I mean? I love it. Um, there's always room to grow, which is crazy, right? Like, there's so much, like, in the Bible talks to us in many different ways. There's no right way. You know, a verse means differently to you than what it means to me. And that's the beautiful thing. That's what I love about it. Because we could share a verse and I'd be like, man, this is what it means to me. And then we'll just have a whole full-blown conversation about it. Um, and this is like really, it's a manual, bro, to be honest. That's the way I see the Bible. Like people be like, that's an old book. Bro, it's not an old book. Because obviously the stories that are happening in, that, in the Bible happened in those times. They had to be relevant. But the same situations that are going on, you could apply it and switch it to modern day. You see what I'm saying? Uh, you just got to take the time, man. Man, I didn't even want to get into religion like that, but I want to understand, right? Because the way that I view the Bible, I don't view the Bible as literal. 
when they say that Moses sent down balls of fire, God sent them down. I don't view that as literal. I just try to read the story and like, you know, like I'll talk with my dad and be like, what what does this mean, though? How can I translate this in a different way? What does the balls of fire symbolize? What does the plague supposed to symbolize? What does anything in the Bible have to symbolize? What does it represent? And I feel like as we ask ourselves those questions and we read the story and we dive deep and be like, oh, but the Pharaoh was acting up. You know what I'm saying? Be like, you know, and they'd be like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I understand. You know what I mean? Like, it's just different signs. They had to get their lick back on the Bro, Pharaoh. You know what I'm saying? It's just, <laughs> and it's just more deeper than that, though. Like, be like, man, like, I feel like we all go through hardships, to be honest. Right? We all do. Like, you have to go through hardships. And I look back and perfect example. God became man through Jesus. Jesus carried our sins. He carried the cross. Bro, he was whipped, humiliated, right? Like, people were making fun of him, spitting on him. And it's like, why can't, like, what does, if he went through hardship, but, I mean, we are going to go through hardship as well, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to go through things that are going to be tough in life. And that's another thing is, like, having something that I know that I could hold on to and I know he got my back. You know what I mean? Because the enemy likes us focusing on the negativity in our life. So we'd be like, oh, this negativity. Bro, perfect example. Before I came over, yo, God is my witness. Before I came to this interview, um, I was driving behind a car, bro. And I was like, man, this guy's driving really slow. It was a red light. I was on Fullerton and Narragansett. Light turns green. The guy pulls, right? He drives off and then he brakes hard because there's cop sirens. Bro, like, bro, you didn't have to break that hard. And it was raining, so I, boom, I hit him behind. And I was like, took a deep breath. I just started, you know, Lent just started, got my ashes. I'm reflecting on the situation. I'm not acting. I'm not letting my emotion speak for me. So we pulled aside. I came out, and I was like, man, I got this interview. <laughs> I got to be there on time. Um, but, you know, I just kept it calm, hopped out the car. I looked at his car. He came out. He looked at mine. He's like, we good? I'm like, hey, if you're good, I'm good. We're good. You know, it could have went so many different ways. I could have been, you know, maliciendo. I could have been saying bad words in the car when that happened. And that could have had a different outcome. But, you know, I just took it chill. You know what I mean? And I kept myself grounded. Um, and it's just through that practice, bro. Like, to be honest, just meditating is really important to meditate. And, I, you know, I meditate making sure when I pray every morning, uh, you know, I get on my knees, bro. There's only one person I get down on my knees for, and it's for the king, bro. To be honest, like, um, I let it be known because that's the way I carry myself. But I make sure when I'm praying, I don't let nobody really see me doing what I'm doing because, you know, that's what it says. Don't make sure people ain't seeing you, you know, kneeing on the floor when you're in your house because, you know, be like, oh, my God. Like, you know, because you want to you wanna do it from the heart. You know, you don't want people to see you doing good things. Be like, I hope he's watching me doing this. I'm giving food to the poor. Hey, you see me? Or I'm giving money to the poor. I want to make sure people outside are seeing me doing good things. Like, bro, that should come for the heart. Uh, and that's the way you got to move, bro. You got to move really righteous and do what you got to do. Uh, start the day off on the right foot, right? At the end of the night, before I go to bed, I reflect on things that have happened, certain situations that I probably could have handled better at work or in the industry. Or things, me personally, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I'm married, been married for eight years, but we, I've been together with my wife for 13 years. 
You know, and people be like, oh, you're so young. How old are you? I'm, I'm going to turn 30 on Monday. Oh, shit. Yeah, if God gives me, you know. Happy early time. birthday. I know, bro. So it's like, it's beautiful, bro. Like, people be like, they be looking at marriage the same thing. Like, people have different perspectives, bro. Like, for me, like, I always see marriage as a goal. And now that I'm married, bro, it's beautiful, to be honest. Like, let's put it like this. I feel like people have too many excuses in life. I'm going to be honest, bro. Um, And I'd be like, man, there's no time for excuses. Let's find the solution. Um, And don't get me wrong. Like, bro, we've been married. Uh, we've been together for 13 years. Yeah, there's been some bumpy roads. But that's the point. You have to grow with that significant other. You know what I mean? Like, you have to go through those hardships. Being with somebody is like attending their funeral a thousand times over because you're going to be with so many different versions of somebody and you got to let go of who they once were and accept who they are now and continue to grow with that person. So the reason it stops working a lot of the times is two people aren't willing to work together to be together. Because... You're going to grow away from somebody that's bound to happen. All the friends you have in your life, you probably don't have them in your life anymore. The reason we're so keen on being close to our family members because they're family. If you grew away from your brother or sister, eventually one day you're going to come back together because you realize we're family. We need to love each other. And I'm not saying you need to love somebody to the point where you got to tolerate certain things. Yeah, that's, that's different. But loving somebody enough to understand that what they want in life is different from what they wanted in life a year ago. For you, you know, you pursued this music thing to the fullest end and there's so much more to go. Being able to balance that, that's a huge thing. Because now your wife, she has to understand that, okay, he's going to be out late in the club. I have to trust him. I have to understand that this is his business. This is work. So I can't be on him saying, yo, like, why aren't you home yet? How have you maintained that balance? It hasn't been a challenge because my wife, she's a bartender. So we're both in the night, in the nightlife, in the night scene. So she understands. Um, but, uh, you know, like, if I don't have to be out, I won't be out. If I want to go, I'll have a drink with the, you know, with a couple guys, my boys, you know, you know, I'll let them know like, yo, I'm gonna step out. But I typically step out on Thursday. That's like my day. Like I just go out and chill a little bit because she works Thursdays as well. So like we're out at the same time. Um, but we really haven't really bumped heads about that, you know, at all. Like we trust each other to that extent. It's just having that trust, to be honest. But it's not even the trust thing, right? It, it's not a hundred percent like okay, this is a relationship issue, but it's a finding time to make the most of that relationship, finding time to give your significant other what they may need from you for the day. Because when you're involved in nightlife, when you're involved in this industry, you have so many different things pulling you in every which way. For me, I might have three videos that I need to edit in one week. I might need to go record an extra time this week. So having to have somebody understand like this is my life and aside from what i do media wise they have to understand i have a job i have family members that i need to make sure that they're okay as well yeah, i just feel it's like it's having that balance i think that's another thing that really 
helps you out as you progress and as you grow in the industry you understand that you need balance um and just like scheduling that time right and uh, be like okay this is this time i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna focus on making some music and this time oh look what time is that? i gotta go take the baby to dance take the baby to dance and got two hours you know my wife gets out at six go home we chop it up real quick we talk about our day. Always important to talk about our day and reflect, you know, certain things like, oh, man, this girl had bad vibes. And be like, oh, it's all good. You know what I mean? Like, don't let that affect your energy. You know, that's, I swear, like, that's the way we be talking, bro. Like, it's like, yo, don't don't let that bother you. You know what I mean? Like, let's stay positive and don't protect your energy at all costs. Um, same thing with my daughter. You know, I got my daughter. I got to make sure I spend time with her. Uh, and another really important thing for me is, like, bro, I... I think I say I love you so much to my mom, to my dad, to my wife, uh, to my daughter, to my nephews, to my aunts. Like, it's really important for me to let the people that know that I love them. And I'm not just saying it just to say it, but it's really, like, if you think about it, I think it was like a TikTok video I seen too. It was like, when was the last time you you told your loved one that you loved them? Yeah, you, you know, you hugged them, you said hi, but when was the last time you actually told them, like, yo, I love you? And for me, it's really important. My parents are older, bro. My parents are 75. So every time I get home, I let them know, like, yo, I love you. Like, you know, in Spanish, though. Sounds kind of weird in English for me. But I'll be like, mami, te amo. You know what I mean? Like, I just let them know that, like, yo, gracias por todo lo que tú has hecho. Like, thank you for everything you've done for me. Like, to my dad, too. Um, and my wife, I let her know, like, yo, you, queen, love you. You know what I mean? Like, for real, thank you for everything. Thank you for making dinner. Um, it's delicious. Like it's like little things like that go so far, bro. Um, and they appreciate that. You know what I mean? Especially letting my daughter know, like you know, she's young, she's eleven, so I gotta let her know, like, yo, you're beautiful. Like, don't don't worry about what anybody says. You know, you're smart, you're intelligent, you get good grades. You're in so many, you know, extracurricular activities. Like, you got this. You know what I mean? And just preparing them for success. Maintaining that relationship with your child and making sure that you live up to the role model that they see you as. That's super important. You know, the song I took was from Aventura, Papi Dijo. So the lyric is, Su padre la adora, pero hay una situación. Él no cumple con lo que prometa y falla en toda ocasión. Nunca prometas lo que no puedas cumplir. For the song, he's saying that, you know, he adores his daughter, but there's a situation and not to promise kids anything that you can't complete because they don't forget it. And understanding that these children, these minds that you're shaping, it's much bigger than what you got going on in your life. I don't got any kids, so I, I can't completely talk about it, but, you know, being a being a teacher... I was working with the little kids and understanding that, you know, my emotions can't take over what I got going on with them because they don't understand that. What they understand is, hey, the, there's this new teacher that I have for the day trying to help me understand what's going on. And he's not going to completely understand how to handle the situation, but he's trying his best. They don't know that shit. They just see a random ass dude and they're like, Yo, help me out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> For you having your daughter, how has she helped you 
look at relationships differently and your actions within those relationships. And it's really important just to keep my word. That's the most important thing. And I always thought of that. I was like, yo, the most important thing any person has is their word. So if they say they're going to do that and they don't do it, you know what I mean? Like, you could promise all you want, right? Like, I promise or I swear. Like, bro, you don't got to swear. Like, I always tell that, like, even to the kids when I was working at the school, at my, at my neighborhood school in Avondale, like, yo, I swear, I swear, like, bro, you don't got to swear. Just do what you got to do. Real talk. Going back. Handle your responsibility. You said yes. Make sure you do it. Keep your word, man, because that takes you a long way. In the, you know, like in the work field and in the industry. That's facts, bro. Like, your word means a lot. Like, if you tell somebody you're going to be there for that set and you don't show up, Bro, that you you already damaged some relationships. And that goes back to family too. And you know, having my daughter, like, I'm gonna be real with her. I'll be like, yo, if I can't do this, I'm like, we can't go, to be honest. Like, you know, we're on the time crunch. You know, mommy has things to do, I have things to do, but maybe next time. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, I try to say ninety percent yes, ten percent no. That's the way I keep the the rule in my house, to be honest. Yes, yes, yes. But the main, the day that Papi says no is for a reason. And they're going to reflect on it like, why why did he say no? Um, but yeah, word, you know, and staying true to your word means a lot. That That's the most important thing to me. Where did that stem from? Where did you learn that lesson from? I don't really think my parents ever told me no. Unless it was something that, one, was bad for me. Or just two, it couldn't happen. Uh, but I can't complain, man. Like my parents gave me everything. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, uh, it's not that they gave me everything, but I earned it too, though. Like, I had to get good grades. I had to, you know, do good in baseball. You know what I mean? Carry, carry myself to, you know, to that expectation. And it wasn't like they were putting so many expectations on me. But there was like, yo, if you're gonna be in baseball, you're gonna do what you gotta do, and you're gonna take this serious. Um, and same thing in school. Oh, you want to play baseball, but well, you got to get good grades in school. And then even going, like, when I went to Clemente, too, like, you know, shout out to my, you know, my La Gente Mia de Clemente High School. Like, they know, like, in order to play baseball at Clemente, you had to have a certain GPA. If not, you weren't being able to step on that field like that. Hey, they said we got too many Puerto Ricans at Clemente <laughs> trying to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they made that GPA rule, isn't oh, that's it? That's crazy. How do you feel like you found that balance between the persona of light and who Emmanuel is? To be honest, I don't really feel like there's a difference between lo que Emmanuel or who Emmanuel is and who Light is. Uh, just the reason why I chose Light was because that was going to be my, my artist name, right, my rapping name. Um, but then I just stuck it with just, like, my DJ name. I don't really like going by DJ. Like, I just go, like, Light. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it's the same person, to be honest. Like, Light... Emmanuel, Emmanuel is light. You know what I mean? Because this is just, I don't like creating like a persona, to be honest. It's like, this is who I am. This is my stage name, though. But the way I carry myself in the club and in the parties, that's who I really am, bro. Like, to be honest, I'm not really a man of many words. But when I do say some words, like, they're, they're going to have an Im Im impact. Positive, you know, obviously. Because I always carry myself with, there's four rules in life. Don't use my words in an impeccable way. Don't assume, right? Do my best in everything I do. And it's really important, bro, like, to have that, you know, those standards in life. Because, um, like, you know, words, 
that create damage. So we got to be really wise in what we say and how we carry ourselves. And I see people in the industry that, you know, they have a couple of drinks and, you know, they say certain things and it's like, you know, it's not, that's not cool. You know what I mean? We got to just spread love, to be honest. Like, I could sound cheesy as, I, you know, people could say whatever they want to say, though. But for me, it's spreading love, bro. Like, and I know it's kind of, like, contradicting because people will see me and they'd be like, yo, this guy looks mad. Or, like, he looks mean as hell. Like, I don't really approve. It's funny. Like, yesterday, my daughter was like, yo, papi, like, because she had a uh, salsa congress. They, her team performed over there. And then she was like, yo, my friend said, like, yo, you look scary. I'm like, mommy, I was like, that's just, that's my face. Like, that's my dad always says. My dad says like that Puerto Rican stare. Like, it's just something that we have though. But like, you know, if you if you really know me, you know, I'm just it's all love, bro. Like, I always show love, justice the way I look. But uh, to me, it's really important to just to spread love, bro. This because there's too much, uh, especially in the industry, right? You have to be like this certain person, or you gotta be like you gotta be tough, right? Like, bro, that's. They high ass, bro. Like, leave that, bro. Just be who you are. Spread love. Because like I said, bro, like, después de unos cuantos tragos, you know, people start like, it's like, macho man. Like, bro, bájale, bro. We're just here trying to have a good time and party. You know what I mean? Have a good time. There's no time for that stuff for you, bro. So, like, you know, that's what I like to spread. Like, you know, I see the boys or the belados. I love, bro. You know what I mean? And when Santos became a de belado, like, he was, he kind of understood, like, yo, this guy don't really talk that much. But then I just started opening up, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, yo, messing with him. Because, you know, me and him, we talk, hablamos español, we talk in Spanish. So he was like, I just like, bro, like, siempre. Like, you know, I just like having those jokes, bro. Like, even in the group chat with the guys, siempre un vacilón. You just got to have fun. You were there the first time I met Santos. At Bounce, yeah, it was you, Mdake, and Santos. You all pulled up. I've told this story a couple times, but I tell Santos, I'm like, you're Jay Santos. He's like, yeah, you're Sad Boy Radio. And from there, bro, like, we just started working together, you know, and it's crazy now because he's going to be DJing at our event. So to see how far that's come, and he still tells me to this day, like, bro, you're probably the only interview I'll do again. The fact that he was willing... You know, it, with him, he doesn't talk a lot. Yeah. So to have him do the interview so willingly the first time, that was love. And he still shows love to this day. So, you know, I'm grateful to just be able to interact with him. Like, you know, good guy, bro, to be honest. Like, you know, it's just happy, like I said, being just surrounded by talented, creative individuals. You know what I mean? Like, for the Belado, we're just not a DJ crew. No, we're creatives. Um, we all do different things. We're all tapped in in the music as well. We create music, not only play the music, and then we have people that are artists, you know, that they have their brand, they create merch. Like this, yeah, cool, bro. Like this is a movement. Same thing like Crow Force, though, but that was a movement, bro. It's a, you know, like it's it's a group that we're trying to create an impact in the, the culture of Chicago, you know what I mean? And let these youngies know, like, bro, you could do this, bro. Like you could do this. There's no reason why you cannot. You know what I mean? You got to tap into the network, you know, network with the correct people. Um, and surround yourself with the right people to be able to grow and have that mindset of expanding. You know what I mean? Because the world is so big, bro. Like we were just talking about here, right? Like when we go to different parts of the world, this is so beautiful because you're able to get a new experience. You come back to your hometown and you already you have that muse that you want to create something. It's just like 
creating a new experience. Every time you create a new experience, you have a new story. You have a new story to go share with somebody and maybe that story will impact them in a way where they're inspired to do something new. I want to touch back a little bit on the persona thing. You see it a little bit differently than the way I'm talking about it. Because you see these people trying to act tough in the club. You view personas as they're fake personalities. But I also think about it in a wrestling term. Sometimes these wrestlers, that's a part of their personality. They just turn it up times 100. That's something that The Rock said, you know. It was always me. My persona was always me. I just turned it up times 100. That way I can be more energetic. That way people relate to me. They connect to me. So when I think about a persona, I think about what makes you relatable? Why do people want to watch you? What's so important about you? For me, it became the fact that I'm talking about things that people are scared to talk about. When I was going through it, I was heartbroken. I was talking about that shit almost weekly. And a lot of people would say, damn, bro, like, don't you talk about something else? But for me, that's what I was going through. And it became the persona of, you know, Sad Boy Radio. It became Sad Boys for real. So over time, I had to learn the how do I separate that? How do I allow myself to be happy but maintain the brand I built, the person that I become? And for me, it was a hard identity thing that I had to go through because I was trying to find that balance. So sometimes I feel like people understand that balance and they found a way to cope with it. Cooley. Cooley's a perfect example. Although he's, you know, he's original cool, but he's also himself. He's found a way to turn that up times 100 and put out these writings, put out these art, this artwork that people can relate to. People are getting that, that shit tattooed on their skin now. If I would have to go that lane then like that, explaining it, I would be like just the way people could relate to me is just because I'm just like, you know, I just keep it chill, bro, to be honest. I just, I like being in the back scene, you know what I mean? Like, just having a good time. No, I don't like being in, in big groups, to be honest. It's not me. I don't like being in big groups. I like just being like, typically it's just me and my wife, <laughs> to be honest. Me and my wife, we just chilling, vibing to the music, having a couple of drinks, having a good time. Or it's just me and my boy, Easy. Shout out to Easy. That's my bro right there. Typically just me and him. And we're just chilling, bro, to be honest. I don't like being in big groups. I like just being chill in the back end, you know, just vibing, you know, you know, and then viewing the, you know, just the, the atmosphere of the room. Because like, I like, I don't just go out to go out. I just like going out to observe what people are playing um, and how do those songs have a reaction to those individuals. So I'm pretty much out there, not really chilling, but I'm just studying as well. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I'm studying, bro. I, I like studying the scene and... That's what I do, bro. I'm when it comes to the music too, like I'm a real nerd, bro. Like I like gear. I like so like it's just me. I'm I'm really of a a nerd at, at heart, bro, to be honest. You know what I mean? Callaido, tranquilo, you know, just being on my own thing. Shit, bro. Well, I appreciate you sliding. I hope your car is okay. Yeah, I know no, you no, mentioned good, it. Bro. Nothing thanks to God. Like I said, yo, God got me, bro. He said honest. I got the ashes. I was prote- I was <laughs> bro, protected today. Know, Right now, G. That's going to conclude our Los Desvelados section. I'm sure we probably haven't gotten to one. I know Infamous is one, but the fact that we started this shit a year ago and we've been able to come full circle and do three in a row, that shit was raw as fuck. 
you guys are some of my favorite interviews to do overall. C Stays, Cooley, Santos, AK, uh, M Doc Cycle, all of them. Yeah, bro, they're all, like I said, they're all amazing individuals and they have so much knowledge and they're creatives. And it's so good to be surrounded by them. Cause I get to grow and I get eager to create, bro. You know what I mean? I was like, man, bro, we be talking in the chat, we share songs, bro. bro no, we gotta make a song like this. Like, we gotta go hard. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's dope. When you got people as invested in what you are doing as you are, and hyping you up and being like, bro, this shit's raw, it really does encourage you to do even more. It's true, man. You gotta, like I said, surround yourself with people that are making moves and that wanna keep growing, bro. Like. Because it's going to feed you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to drive, give you that drive that you need, you know. It's really important. All right, man. I there appreciate you. Know, you. Oh, Diego, bro. <laughs> Thank you, know. guys. Make sure you go ahead, like, comment, subscribe. Make sure you go ahead, check out Light at any of his sets. That's going to be all. Sad boys for real. Peace out. This is Sad Boy Radio.